welcome to the Three Ball Guys Talk Marketing Podcast with Three Ball Guys. Fred Peritsky of FCP Digital, Paul Schindel of Three Bears Communications, and freelance writer Rodney Warner. Thanks for joining us today at Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing Podcast with me, freelance writer Rodney Warner. Fred Peritsky, FCP Digital Web Designer. And Paul Schindel, Three Bears Advertising Marketing Communications. And uh, once again, we are in the friendly confines of the Continental Tavern in Yardley, and we very much appreciate their help in uh, putting the podcast together. Thank you, Continental. Yes. Yeah, it's always good to be here. And the air conditioning works pretty well, too. Our episode today is about search engine marketing. So what is that, Paul? What is that? Very simply, search engine marketing is advertising. There are no two ways about it. Years ago, you advertised, and it was in a newspaper, it was on a billboard, it was a radio commercial, what have you. So much of the media attention and dollars and, of course, public and business eyeballs are based on various websites. And so to reach people on those websites, we use online advertising or search engine marketing. There are a host of ways that this plays out. It all depends really on the needs of the business, the budget of the business, because this uh, does involve an investment and an ongoing investment, I will say, for most cases. It it really involves the, the client making a commitment to reach a targeted audience and generate some kind of response from that audience. I'll add to that that there are many, many ways to advertise. So we have websites, of course. We have search engines, which we're going to talk about more. Social media. There's just so many ways today. If anybody thinks that they can just have one source to advertise and market their business, just a website, just social media, just paid ads, just printed ads, they're wrong. You have to have a combination. And then we're also going to talk later on about how you have to make your website website search engine ready. You have to do certain things with keywords and other things to make your website search engine optimized. So, Paul, you can delve what, into some of these topics. So, yeah. so, so, so you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious. So, so where can you advertise? I mean, we've got Google searches. we got Facebook, YouTube, publications, all kinds of stuff. So the short answer is that you can advertise almost anywhere and everywhere except for typically a business's own website. It's possible to advertise there as well, but usually in that case, the advertising is actually driving people to other websites, and that's a whole separate conversation that we're not going to get into today. That's That would typically be using Google's AdSense software. A friend of mine, he started an advertising business. He sold it, and, and I hope he made a profit at it. I hope so. But uh, he essentially put like fairly good-sized screens on the top of taxis in Los Angeles. And he was working on a deal with an airline for a screen on the back of seats in the airline. And also a garbage collection company, which had very large dumpsters in the parking lots of malls. And the idea was to put these screens on these dumpsters so when you're walking through the parking lot, you could check out the advertising. 
Well, as someone who takes responsibility for recommending a lot of different advertising channels to my clients, that is a channel I would not recommend. <laughs> it's uh, very interesting that you would bring that up. I went to a seminar not that long ago with young entrepreneurs. One of the entrepreneurs started a company that's becoming very, very popular around the country, starting on the East Coast, and it's moving west, and it's called Carvertize. And what they do is they wrap rideshare cars. There's so many rideshare services now. Those cars are advertised by somebody as people drive them through cities, and it's becoming a huge business. You well, know, that's, and that's one of the things that he talked about in his business with the idea of having these screens let's say, mounted on the roof of the car, and you could make money if you just, let's say, park it in the parking lot for a Dodgers game. Right. And it would be playing ads while every, all the fans are walking back and forth and seeing the advertising. Right. The inter when our focus today is primarily on online channels. Um, so something like um, car toppers, um, bus signs, uh, subway signs, billboards. Um, billboards all use digital uh, messaging these days. They're typically, you know, video screens rather than than fixed uh, fixed posters or signs. But those are available in a lot of different um, different locations for all kinds of purposes. And um, targeting again is a is a big question with all of those things. But how do you target with with SEM? Well, so the the elephant in the room is Google, of course. And using Google AdWords, which we which we employ for many of our clients, we um, set up a, a number of criteria to define the audience um, geographically, uh, demographically, by age, by interests, by location, and by industry. And we set up a um, oftentimes quite a lengthy list of Keywords, those are search terms that people would use to find the kind of goods or services that are being sold by our client. Put those all together in the, in the Google dashboard, then create ads, typically multiple ads, some with little variations that we can use to test sort of an A-B test, which of will, will A or B pull better if... For example, the the text says "amazing new widget" versus a, a headline that says "new widget gives amazing results." Which which of those is going to pull better? We'll then elevate the one that pulls better and create yet another variation and constantly test those against one another so that we're trying to constantly improve the results in that way. So what's this retargeting? What is what is retargeting? Well, retargeting is a is is a whole a whole separate subcategory of activity through Google as well as through other channels. Mm -hmm. The classic example of retargeting is uh, was created by uh, Zappos, who was very early in creating ads where you went on to Zappos, you looked at a p particular pair of shoes, and then you you know walked away from or clicked away from the Zappos website and, you know, went to any of a number of other places. Maybe it's CNN, maybe it's your, um, you know, some, some local, uh, local news uh, platform of some sort. And there's that pair of shoes again. You just looked at that and Zappos is saying, hey, 
here's this great pair of shoes. You looked at that. Didn't you like it? We can do that again. Retargeting is something that comes back to some of the essentials of Google advertising and of online advertising in general, which is that through the use of all kinds of tracking codes and things that are now somewhat subject to to question under privacy, you know, personal privacy things, we know that, that the, the big online uh, information services, Google, Facebook, Amazon being three of the primary ones, Microsoft and Apple as well, um, that they have enormous amounts of personal data about us, as well as um, many, many media channels. The New York Times, as wonderful as it is, has enormous um, data about who comes to its website. And, you know, not to pick them out, but it's true of almost every major website that we visit. All of those, um, the cookies and the little data bits that identify us, if not actually by name, at least by our web tracking uh, characteristics, are used to, to target us for advertising. Yeah, and you know, another form of search engine optimization and advertising and marketing, in a way, is email marketing, which has really grown up a lot. I just started using a product called SharpSpring, which has amazing tracking and analytic ability. What it does, for example, and I'm, Paul's going to talk more about the analytics and tracking. When you put, when you do an email campaign through SharpSpring, and there are other companies like it, HubSpot, you get a tracking code to put on your website. When somebody opens up that email and clicks on, click on a place that takes you to your website, they're then tracked forever. Every time they open up that email, it tells you that they opened it up, that they looked at your website, what page, how long. Very similar to Google Analytics, which is very, very important. The analytics are really what helps us do our jobs with search engine optimization. Besides the keywords and targeting, it lets us tell our clients how we're doing. So what could you tell us, Paul, about some of the analytics and the statistics and metrics that we get from that? Well, every every click that's generated, indeed, every uh, even every impression, every viewing of, of a paid advertising message online, is, is counted and tracked. Part of the information that uh, we give to our clients is uh, a typically monthly report that says that our advertising was seen by this number of people this many times. Of those, this number clicked on it, this number went to a particular page, and using advanced uh, tracking we can actually tell if if that person, for example, clicked to submit, we, as, as an example for a client of ours, clicked to submit a request for a quote on, on a project that they are looking to have created. My understanding of, of SEM that if you do it poorly, it's a great way to waste a lot of money. So, so as far as, as budgeting and costs, how do you do that when you do it the right way? For starters, you hire a professional because it's very because among other things it's very easy to to let your your ego or your imagination or your and your budget run wild if you don't have controls in place on that. So typically what we do with our clients is to establish a budget up front. They're going to spend five hundred dollars a month, a thousand dollars a month on search engine marketing. 
And we, we make sure that their cost does not exceed that amount month after month. Typically what happens is, is that there is a bit of variation which may be caused by a million different variables. Maybe it's a seasonal increase of interest in, a, in the product or service, what have you. So if our budget is $1,000, there may be a, a month when it hits $1,100 and another month when it's $800. But certainly on the average of any, across any three or four months, it's always within the established budget. The flip side of that is an example that I, of a, a, a former client of ours who went rogue and decided that, that he wanted to have his ads appear at the top of the Google search results and was not concerned about or monitoring his cost. And he went from, during the time we were working with him, went from spending, I believe it was eight or $900 a month, to one month when he spent $20,000. But he did get number one, didn't he? he or did he? He was, at the, he was at the top of the search engine results, but he wasn't generating $20,000 worth of, of revenue or the revenue that it takes to cover that $20,000 plus the work that he was actually doing. It was a very expensive uh, experiment for him. One of the most important things that we do in search engine marketing is look for the keywords that are important for that business. And on the flip side of that is that with some industries, you can't compete with those keywords against the big players in there. And so they sort of become irrelevant to certain businesses. I'm just reading online about an analysis that was done of the dollars generated by Google. So in 2018... Google generated $116 billion, billion dollars in ads. And it's estimated that of that $116, $17.5 billion were spent on irrelevant keywords. You know, Paul can look at that further, but any, a good example that I've run into are for personal injury lawyers. In the area that we're at, in the Delaware Valley, Philadelphia, Bucks County, for example, New Jersey, southern, you know, Princeton area, there are so many large personal injury lawyers that have got, gotten those keywords all sewn up. A small personal injury lawyer that has a one-man or one-woman office doesn't have much of a chance to compete against the big players that have billboards that are changing every day and every week in TV commercials. So, Paul, what do you do to try and analyze the keywords that your clients could use to give them the best results? We review the keywords that are used to attract our search engine marketing clients on a regular basis, typically at least once a month, sometimes more often. And as you say, Fred, when you're talking about about sort of monster categories, um, and personal injury would be one even more, even an even bigger example would be if you're looking for a hotel. Mm you know, go to search for hotels, and the top results are always going to be something connected to, you know, Marriott and Hyatt and the other, you know, big chains that are spending a fortune to have that presence. What we do with, with our clients to, to manage that in, is, is often to, to use keywords that are um, a little bit what are sometimes known as long-tail keywords. So they're maybe not 
as frequently uh, searched for, but because we're there with a with a little bit of an oddball keyword, we're going to get the the position of our ads and the click on that ad because someone is looking for that sort of oddball uh, term. The other thing that we do is that we, in reviewing the keywords on a regular basis, we remove keywords that are not performing because that can also kind of reduce the, the return that the client is receiving for their ads, having sort of stray keywords that are not really productive. I just want to add one thing to this that um, a lot of people forget. You could spend tens of thousands of dollars a month on SEO and all the things needed to to boost your search engine ranking. Organic. Organic. But if your website is not secure, Google is going to push your ranking down. They started that last July 2018 to make sure you have an SSL certificate. They're penalizing people that don't do that. Right. So it's, it's a shame to spend so much money, have a great campaign, and it's going to be you know almost for naught, or if not, for naught. That, that's actually not going to affect your search engine uh, marketing results. Um, your organic results are going to go in the toilet mm -hmm. if you're if you don't have an SSL certificate. And Google also pen penalizes sites that are not mobile friendly. Right. But if you're paying, you know, paying for Google to get your your message out there, they're happy to take your money. And if you have the good keywords and the good, you know, the ad, good ad content, you you'll appear in the advertising of the search engine results. Right. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to point out with, with Google is that there are many different variations of ads that can, that can be uh, put onto Google, but in, loosely speaking, they break into text ads, which are the things that we see on our screen when we are just searching for Google, and display ads, which may appear on other sites, millions and millions of other sites that carry advertising, can show um, our client's ad with a photo or an illustration of some sort, or even just presenting the text as the display graphic. So you can get more mileage sometimes out of a search engine campaign by adding display ads to your core of text ads. And then beyond that, you know, it's worth considering that you can advertise as well on, uh, on YouTube with with again text ads can appear on on um, YouTube but certainly video is much more appealing much more likely to generate the clicks that that you're looking for so tell us about the difference between impressions and clicks well so there are a number of ways that that we structure a campaign and structure the client's budget uh, depending on what their goals are. It's not always the case that, that you want to create a campaign where, where you're paying per click, the, the famous pay-per-click advertising, with a client who, for example, is looking for branding visibility or long-term impressions that keep their name in front of, in front of their prospects. So if you are the Continental Tavern, it makes more sense to pay for impressions so that you're constantly in people's face, on people's screens, but you don't necessarily need them to click through to the website in order to, to get the message across. So 
in that in that context, on the one hand, you pay typically per thousand impressions, and depending on the budget, that may be a couple thousand impressions or maybe tens of thousands of impressions. If you're paying per click, again, it depends on what the competition is like, because if you're selling um, Cessna um, private jets, it may be worth you paying uh, $100 a click for someone who is a serious uh, prospect. And at the same time, and by the by another you know standard it may it may be worth paying only a few cents per click if you're selling uh, ballpoint pens what do you think about advertising on social media i know that originally the ads on facebook were kind of simple and anybody can do that themselves they can just boost the posting which is not the same as facebook advertising can you talk a little bit about advertising on facebook instagram LinkedIn and the other social media channels that are so popular. So Facebook and Instagram are, you know, both Facebook products. Right. You can advertise if you have an Instagram page, you can advertise and, and a Facebook page. You can essentially set up your advertising through Facebook and have it appear in both both channels, both venues. And again, the targeting opportunities for for advertising in, in the Facebook products are, is extremely well-defined. So we have a client right now um, who's looking for um, parents of children in grades uh, K through three for an after-school program and in, in a given ge geography, and we can reach those people very, very efficiently for fairly low cost because we know exactly who we're going for and what their defining characteristic is as the parent of, of those kids. So it's a very efficient and effective way to go. Boosting posts, which Facebook pushes pretty, pretty frequently, especially for pages and clients who are, who are sort of novices and not understanding as well as, as they might, um, typically takes that post that you have already created on your Facebook page and just sends it out to more people without the targeting that you really want um, because rarely are you just looking to reach everyone. Most, most customers, most clients really have a better definition of who their customers are than just, oh, we want everyone. It's common to hear a, a client say, yeah, we'd love to have everyone as our, as our customers. But realistically, you know, the 80-20 rule applies, where 20% 20, 20 of the audience accounts for 80% of the revenue. So when you're doing search engine marketing, how does frequency fit into all this? As with any advertising, you you have to be in people's faces on a regular basis. Unless you're running a um, a sale, for example, that has a, a defined time, holiday sales are coming up. And so in, a, in an instant like that, a retailer is going to want to have a, a campaign that's time limited and very, very focused. And it's going to end on, you know, December 24th and not really be of, of value the day after that. For most businesses that want to attract uh, attract customers on a year-round basis, you have to advertise on a year-round basis. The, the classic example of that is advertising for something like a refrigerator. Because today, my refrigerator is fine. I don't need one. 
and I may have seen your ad, but it doesn't really mean much to me. If my refrigerator dies tomorrow and I don't see your ad, Mr. Westinghouse, I'm going to go to some other uh, source for my new refrigerator. One thing we, we may have touched on this already, when do you, do you use pay-per-click type advertising marketing as compared to SEO and SEO itself if the client doesn't have a budget to do all of it? That's a good question, Fred. And the, the answer is really that so, it, it's really somewhere in between in the sense that if the site is good and meets all the basic standards in terms of security and mostly in terms of, of having quality content that speaks to the, to the product or service that the company is offering, then it's often better to, to dedicate the investment to pay-per-click advertising to drive, essentially to drive sales in a more pointed, more short-term basis. When that works, it's generating revenue that can then be put back into search engine optimization to build the longer-term visibility of the site in the uh, search engine rankings. And when I talk to my clients about um, SEO, SEM, and pay-per-click, the whole gamut, they want instant results. But I always say that you really have to give it a certain amount of time, three months, six months, or something like that. Do you also look at it that way as opposed to do it today and next week they expect like a big bump up in revenue? Clients often expect that instant result and sometimes you can actually deliver that, but it depends on a lot of variables that are often go back to what the client is actually offering. If there's a good offer at a good price with and and you can use pay-per-click advertising to reach a well-defined audience, you can sometimes generate sales, you know, the same day, the next day. Maintaining that can be a challenge depending on on how good the product and how good the offer are. But overall, it's really just a matter of, it. you know, it's better to devote, I'm going to pick a number, $500 a month to a steady campaign for 12 months a year than it is to take $3,600. Did I say $500 a month? <laughs> so what's five times 12? $6,000. Thank you, Fred. Um, it's better better to to spend the $500 a month than it is to dump $6,000 into a one or two month time and then pull the plug and wonder where your where your business went because your people are no longer seeing your messages. Right, I agree 100% with that. And one more one more thing that we we didn't really touch on this yet and that's Google my business which Google has pushed and pushed and pushed and more people are using that not only for reviews of course it's really popular for reviews but also as a part of your your search engine optimization and marketing campaign and budget do you want to like talk about Google my business and why some people don't know that they automatically have a Google my business account and what they should do with it if you if you have a business and, and your business has a website, then Google has created a Google My Business page for you. If you if you actually search for your company, it will tell you're on a 
a laptop, let's say, um, it'll appear on the right-hand side of, of the window, and you'll see um, Three Bears Communications, let's say. If you haven't done this already, you should click the link that says, is this you, or do you own this, or do you know this business? I forget exactly what the link says, and complete the form that is there in order to, um, to actually have your company provide solid information to people who are searching. And that's a free thing. That's not really a, a search engine marketing. I mean, it's a basic search engine marketing function, but really what it is is giving you a greater depth of information in your Google search listings. Great. Thank you so much. You know, it's said that timing is everything. And how does that work into SEM? Timing, timing is, is a function of, um, you know, of a need and opportunity. So in some cases, that may be a, uh, a company that has, let's say, you know, tractor trailer loads of perishable produce, which would be a, a reason for, you know, ShopRite or McCaffrey's or whoever's tractor trailers those are to run a sale on that produce. In other cases, timing is, is a function of, of different opportunities. And certainly we are um, entering a period of very intense political advertising where people are candidates and special interests are taking advantage of the opportunities that show up through the news on a daily, hourly basis, and they are leveraging that to reach their, uh, to reach voters, to give them the impressions that it takes to convince them that, you know, our cause, our candidate is better than the other one. So that, that's, you know, yet another opportunity. The other thing is that um, nonprofits, uh, of which we do um, you know, we do work for a great many nonprofit organizations, and uh, we very successfully use search engine marketing for them in any number of, of ways, including for as part of their uh, fundraising efforts, as part of promotion of their um, sometimes of their um, galas and different events that they are that they are um, holding, and again sometimes in connection with political or social movements um, to, you know, to connect their mission to the greater, uh, the greater good that they are trying to create. You know, I think you're talking about timing with like a capital T. And it's my understanding of SEM is you can drill it down to particular hours of the day. Yes. Not just year round or particular months. You know, I wrote, I read of one study. It was a, it was a, um, a convenience store chain that sold milkshakes. Yep. And they wanted to sell more milkshakes. Yep. So they had to do some research, and they found that most of their milkshakes were bought by men in the morning. And I guess the reason that it was popular was because it was sweet, it was filling, and you could take your time drinking it. And it's fast. <laughs> and it's fast. So... I think that's really one of the cool things. And, and I guess another way to save some money is maybe you, you know, you, you, you focus on like maybe midnight to 4 a.m. You know, maybe you could save some money that way. I mean, as far as the keywords. 
Well, that's that's not a not typically a, a keyword function, but with most of these uh, channels, certainly Google and Facebook, you can define the hours when um, when your campaign appears or does not appear. So, we have a manufacturing client that's open from six a.m. to four four thirty p.m., and we do most of the advertising for them uh, between those hours. Uh, because typically a, uh, a click from one of our ads is followed by a phone call to, to the client to ask for further details, to request a quote, and something like that. One of the things that we do, by the way, this is a little tangential from the timing issue, but we have set up for this particular client, we have set up what are known as call ads, on, on Google, where Google seamlessly switches out their switchboard number with a unique phone number that rings into their switchboard, but um, because someone is dialing that unique number, it's trackable. And so with that information, we can know whether the person, uh, how long the duration of the phone call that they stay on the phone for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, two minutes or longer. And we can also know whether whether that person has, has called again or when that person does call again as a result of that. So um, that's another another piece of the analytics puzzle that is really beneficial to, to some clients. So you, you kind of touched on it before, but are there any other big money wasters as far as... SEM is, is concerned? Good creative messaging is really, really important. You need good visuals and good text to actually set yourself apart from the rest of what's appearing on the on the screen and to motivate people to click. And so it's it's not uncommon to see people running running advertising often created by by themselves, by you know, by their um, assistant in the office or someone who, you know, presents themselves as a, a social media, media guru that is uh, poorly worded, that has images that are not really very evocative or communicative, and uh, that's a good way to, to waste money. You need to have a good message, you need to put it out to a, a well-defined audience, and you need to do it on a frequent basis so that when that client or customer is in need, is ready for what you're offering, you're in their face and you're attractive to them. You know, we, we, we kind of started the podcast by digressing into advertisements on dumpsters and taxi cabs. The thing that strikes me about SEM is, is the data. And, you know, if you're, if you're buying a billboard or, you know, a, an ad on the side of a bus, you have no idea how many people are seeing it as opposed to... Well, the, the billboard and transit companies will tell you you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> um, because they, 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 they have... Can, they can estimate. They have, they have statistics on the number of cars that pass by this billboard in right. any given hour of the day. Um, and, in fact... They, um, they time on the digital boards, they time the length of a message staying on a board, typically somewhere between six and 10 seconds. They time that to the volume of traffic and the um, speed at which it's going. So that if you are, if, you know, if you're traveling on 
95 or Route 1 at, um, at you know, midnight, the, um, the signs are going to stay up longer. And if you're traveling on those same roads at, um, you know, 5 p.m., they're going to stay on shorter because the companies know that you're sitting there just watching the messages change over time. Likewise, the bus and transit companies have counts on the number of, of people that they, uh, at least that they claim. So there are in-car in ads um, on subways and buses inside the, the vehicles where they have pretty good counts on how many people are there and the outsides where they have, it's more estimates. But as far as, I mean, if I'm a business and I want to figure out what my return on my investment is, I mean, is... is very hard, very, very hard to do. Is, and that's but why... Is, is it easier with SEM? Yes, because you get this incredible volume of data that backs up who, who saw it, how many times, you know, how many clicks, um, and, and you can track that right down. If you assign a value to a click um, or a value to, for example, someone submitting a quote, a quote request, you know, that quote request on average may be worth $5,000, and so one good click could, could be a $5,000 contract. You can actually track conversions down to, down to that level. Well, I think we covered quite a bit about SEM, SEO, including all the things that we can do. And it does come down to um, hiring a professional. Of course, we have a bias because we're professionals in that business. I met somebody at a business card exchange just last week who said that he's tired of using consultants for his social media advertising, and he wants to hire a young person with quotes, meaning somebody in their 20s, because, you know, those millennials are really so good at social media. So I said to him, while that may be true, being good at social media in, in talking to your friends and doing your personal account is not the same thing as running the social media campaign for a business. There's a lot of training that goes in, that gets into it. There's a lot of business acumen that's needed. It's not just hit or miss. So it's really important for whatever you do. When you have a legal problem, you hire a lawyer. When you have an accounting problem, you hire a CPA. When you have an issue with your business and marketing, you should put the money into web design, marketing, writing, and all of those things that over the short term are going to pay off because you want all of your campaigns, everything that you do, you want it to be credible, you want it to be easily read on mobile, and you want it to be secure. All of the things that you do should meet those criteria. So I think we learned a lot about search engine marketing, SEO, pay-per-click, Google My Business. There's a lot to take in, and there's something that those of us that are in the business are constantly learning because Google, who is the big elephant in the room, changes things at their whim because we've got to pay them. You got to pay the piper, and they're the piper. That's right, Fred. Um, I would add that we are available always to to people with questions. So if you are a business owner and you you are wondering about these things that we're talking about, whether it's search engine marketing or developing a website or creating 
good content that uh, increases your search engine ranking or any other number of, of a number of other marketing communications um, opportunities, questions, values, give us a call. Give us an email. I'm Paul at threebears.com. Fred at fcpdigital.com. And I'm Rodney Warner at Writer for Hire at Outlook.com. So wait, what is that? You're right. Rodney Warner, yeah. and your email address is Writer for Hire at Outlook.com. So we'd like to thank everyone for listening and giving us your time, and hopefully you learned something. If you have questions, please let us know. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends about it. And until next time. Thank you for joining us at the Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing Podcast. Please join us again next time. Check out our website at three, the number three, baldguyspodcast.com. Until next time, may the good marketing be yours.